Welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. Well, good morning again, everybody. It's wonderful to be here worshiping with you. I'm Father Morgan Reed, the vicar here at Corpus Christi Anglican Church. If you're new, uh, just so you know, after the service, we have coffee uh, and snacks available across the hall in the hospitality suite, so please stay for that. We also have some welcome bags uh, out on the table. It tells you a little bit more about the church, how we got started. We're about two years old at this point of meeting weekly. Um, and so there's there's a lot of fun history to read about as a pandemic baby of a church. Um, and But we're really grateful that you're here, grateful that you're worshiping here this morning with us. Uh, let me pray for us as we begin our time in Romans 12, 12 together. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, Almighty God, you pour out on all who desire it the spirit of grace and of supplication. Deliver us when we draw near to you from coldness of heart and from wanderings of mind, that with steadfast thoughts and kindled affections we may worship you in spirit and in truth, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, beginning a church from nothing is a really nebulous thing. They don't really have a manual or a blueprint for how you go from zero to doing something. And, and so thinking back, uh, how do you go from a community of maybe one to five people to creating regular rhythms of worship and program, programs and formation and discipleship? I was thinking back this week to uh, 2020 uh, when our son was born. Now our son's actually in CGS for the first time, which blows my mind. But when we started... Uh, in March of 2020, Ashley was holding our one-month-old in her arms, and we had to start an interest meeting about what this was going to be. Instead of doing brunch like I wanted to, the world shut down, and we had to do it on a Zoom call. And so I was remembering back to that very first Zoom call with our son in my wife's arms. The Elmores were on that call. If you remember the Randolphs, they were on that call as well. Uh, they've since moved to California. And then it was a few days later that the Webs had joined us. They missed that first initial meeting. And I had, I had great plans for how to start a church. And then I had to throw them all away because the world shut down. And so we started again. And if there wasn't any blueprint before, there really wasn't any blueprint now. And so I just kind of had this general plan for how we were going to start moving forward. But I really waited on any specifics of programming until we could discern together what are the talents and the gifts of these unique individuals that have expressed at least a mild interest in this church that's going to be planted There was a desire that I had to reach out to an area, Franconia, Kingstown, and Springfield. Interestingly, none of us lived there at that point. Uh, But it didn't matter because you couldn't even go to a coffee shop to meet anybody. So early on, that desire to reach out to an area and to bring people into the household of faith had to be connected to the actual people that were involved. It was not disconnected from those original five or six folks. Becoming the church was the mission. 
Becoming the church with these individuals was the mission. The mission of the church doesn't disregard the uniqueness of the lives of the people that are part of the church. And so this church wouldn't look like it does now without the individuals that had started the church with their unique gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and so the fact that this church now, as you look around, the ways that this church looks now is a testament to the slow work that God has done in his grace to bring, bring people into the church, the body of Christ together. You all are the gifts, if you think about it, right? When it, we talk about Ephesians and God gave apostles, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, like you are the gifts in this church. And, and, and you are the gifts uniquely and individually in the unique ways that God has gifted you as a part of this body. And so you all are becoming the church together. We're becoming something. That's what the mission is. We should be about then this slow work of the Holy Spirit the individual transformation of each person in the community. And that is what Romans 12 is about. The last several weeks we had been in Romans chapter 9 through 11, looking at God's plan for Israel and how that brings the Gentiles into his plan. And now there's another difference between Israel and the church, and, and or the Gentiles, I should say. And, and this has a new covenant uh, Distinctions and social distinctions in it. In the Old Covenant, the, the Jews were doing physical sacrifice. And now in the New Covenant, what we discover that because Christ is our sacrifice, this, one of the central marks of the New Covenant is that we now are to continually offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord, not unto death, but unto a new quality of life, unto a newness of life. And that means that we each individually are going through, undergoing transformation. We are each going through a process of renewal of our minds constantly. It's not a one and done. And so, and, and so what that means is that we, in the context of the body of Christ, need to regard ourselves with the right sense of worth. Not to think too highly of ourselves. Not to think too lowly of ourselves. But to realize that God has placed us here as unique individuals to build up the body of Christ as a new covenant community. St. Paul starts by encouraging these believers to present their bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is their rational service. And to explain that further, what he says is, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And their renewal is how they're going to discover what the will of God is. If you want to know what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable, and perfect, you start by the daily renewal of your mind in Christ Jesus. And what does it mean then to not be conformed to the world? Well, the world around us has all kinds of narratives, all kinds of liturgies, if you've ever read James K. Smith, he talks about that. And these narratives, these liturgies are attempting to mold and to shape us. Some of them are political, partisan. Some of them are appearance, uh, either physically or appearance socially. Some of them are about gender and sexuality. Some of them are about consumerism and what we should have, material wealth, influence, impact, importance, some of them are about relationships 
or dating or marriage. There are all kinds of narratives and liturgies that are going to be speaking into our lives that are going to be trying to conform us into a particular image. But in Christ, what we do then is we push against the mold, we push out of the mold to become what Christ has made us to be, which is far greater than any mold that could be placed on us. And that renewal, that transformation is a daily process. It is a long road that takes a lot of work. What does it involve? That long road involves facing our insecurities, what makes us feel like we have imposter syndrome. It it involves facing family systems, past traumas, fears, failures, daily struggles, pain. The renewal process is a long road of daily transformation. And what we're doing is we're seeking to grow in the love of God, the love of Christ through daily renewal. And that's the foundation for Christian community. When each one of us are doing that long road of daily transformation, we're on the road together, on the road of pilgrimage. And that is going to build a church that's going to last beyond any one of us. This is something I was thinking about this week. One of my prayers for this church since the beginning is that we build a church that lasts beyond us. That we build a church that lasts beyond us. Our liturgy, if you read the Book of Common Prayer, it has prayers of thanksgiving for the adoption or birth of a child. It has prayers for the burial of the dead. It has prayers for almost everything in between. And if you don't have enough there, we have a book of occasional services that has even more, right? We care about all the things that happen in life. And so when we think about even in the last two years, we've had people baptized, confirmed. We've had people become members. We've had people move away that we've blessed, military come in and out. And then we think about 10 years down the road. I think of like some of our older preteens here, like Jack and Nadia, you're going to be 22, In 10 years, right? So thinking about 10 years down the road, what could happen in 10 years? We are going to have people who are going to be baptized. We have people who are going to be confirmed. Um, Clara will be driving. Um, (laughs) We have have people who are going to be born. We are going to have families who experience miscarriages. We're going to have people in our congregation who will die. We're going to have people who are going to get married. We're going to have people who are going to go through a divorce. We're going to have people who go through job loss, who transition jobs, who get promotions. We're going to have people who graduate. We're going to have all kinds of major life events in this community that are going to mark your pilgrimage with Jesus. And we are walking together in those things. And that's a joy and challenge. And whatever practical decisions we make now about programming, staff, buildings, um, All of those decisions have to be brought under the perspective of we are building a church that will last beyond us. We're building a church that will last beyond us. This church is a group of sojourning people who are walking through the daily pilgrimage of new covenant renewal from the moment of birth to the moment of death and everywhere in between. And you and I get the privilege of walking with each other in those moments together. And so daily renewal starts with each one of us asking why God has us here in this community for as long as he has us here. 
and how he might use us in our uniqueness to build up this instantiation of the body of Christ. And so this is an invitation to a larger and a grander vision of the church. It's a a larger and a grander vision than people who come and they worship on a Sunday morning in a preschool multi-purpose room, right? Thanks be to God. It's, It's an invitation to a pilgrimage together, to walk with each other towards the love of Jesus in community where we are all preferring to love nothing uh, more than the love of Christ, to have kingdom impact together as we are individually transformed, uh, and to build a community that will have that impact after we are gone from this earth. We are a community that is becoming the church together in all of life, not just on Sundays. And so I think that this gets us to St. Paul's point in verse 3 which is to rightly esteem our place within the body of Christ. He says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So we are one body with many members uh, and many more after this summer. And so we are growing. And, And he says that we are individually members of one another, that we are actually committed to one another in this community. And there is dissimilarity, and that dissimilarity is really good. The dissimilarity is what is used for the sake of the growth of the body, and the members of the body are brought together in unity, not necessarily in uniformity, and that's a good thing. And so esteeming ourselves rightly when we're dissimilar from one another can be really challenging because we can either think too much of ourselves or we can think too little of ourselves. And it's also challenging because pride can get in the way, which is something that St. Paul talks a lot about, not just in this letter, but also in Corinthians quite a bit. And some of you here this morning need to be reminded that you are a valuable part of this church community. You need that reminder. You are a valuable part of this church community. You might be tempted to think, you know, I don't really do anything that important or very impactful in my day-to-day life. My, my life's just filled with ordinary and unimpressive stuff. But consider how God is calling you to renew your mind amidst what feels ordinary. And realize that within the context of the relationships that he's given you, You have relationships to steward and people who need to know what you know about Jesus. And then ask those who are closest to you what you're good at. If you're struggling and you think, I I don't know what I'm good at, ask those around you. You could even chat with me about that because I would love to have that kind of discernment conversation with you. If you're really struggling, please. Um, I love to discern the ways that God's gifted you and where you're doing your kingdom work every day and you might not actually realize it. Because there are often ways that we do things and they don't feel hard to us. And, and we're not even aware that we do those things, but other people notice. And so those are often what I find to be the places of giftedness. Where do you do things? And you don't find them that hard, but somebody else might say, gosh, I don't know how you do that. Right? That might be a place of giftedness. And, and then as we begin to identify those, we can offer them to the Lord to ask him how those places 
that we've just called ordinary before might be places for his glory and for kingdom work in the context of his church. And so some of us might need the opposite admonition uh, that others' gifts are as important as ours. And I remember visiting once a Benedictine monastery for a Syriac project I was working on, and I had a really good conversation with the abbot at this monastery, and we had asked him, what do you look for when somebody comes to you and says, I want to become a monk? Like, what do you do with new recruits? How do you discern whether they should, should do that? And he sort of got a little smirk on his face. And he, he was kind of kidding and not kidding. He said, well, you know, the first thing we do is we turn away theology students. <laughs> and, it, and his point was, you know, if you get a bunch of academics in a monastery, then nobody knows how to fix the car and nobody knows how to rotate the crops in the garden and nobody knows how to cook. And so the monastery needs all kinds of gifts of people who are who are called to the consecrated life of singleness. And and so it is in the local church that we need all the gifts that God brings. Never think that you don't have a place here. You do have a place here. Especially as we're so small. Your impact is greater when we're a church of 70 than, let's say, when we're a church of 200. And so sometimes, you know, I know that depending on your own story, there are times to rest and take some time off and just be present and receive. That's good. Take those times. But all of you have been given gifts from the Holy Spirit. All of you. Even if this is a season of rest and and receiving, you've all been given a gifts from the Holy Spirit. None of us should look down on the gifts of others, but instead we need to seek where the grace of God is in others and encourage those gifts to be fanned into flame. None of us should think of ourselves to be unworthy of investing in the life of this church because God has placed you here. God has placed you here to leave an indelible and a unique mark of his grace on a community that is going to outlast each of us. And so we're entering into a new season as a church. Um, In this fall, we're still a church plant, but sometimes it doesn't feel like it. It feels like we're a, a small church, but we're still a church plant. But we do have more normal rhythms of things. Like we have a vestry now, praise the Lord. Um, we've, we've done a whole year of the liturgical season. We've got some rhythms in place together. Um, but your gifts contribute to this church growing in maturity in Christ, to, to becoming the church together. So consider for a moment, how has God gifted you? How has God gifted you? And I'll, and I'll read some some ideas of things. This is not comprehensive, but do you find that you love to pray for other people? That you find it easy to make time for that? Do you love to play music? To read? Out loud or silently? Do you fix things that are broken? Do you have people in your home for meals? And that's just natural to you? Do you like to build new initiatives? Do you like to serve the poor and the marginalized, the underserved? Do you find yourselves often having a lot of conversations with those who aren't yet Christians? Do you play sports? Do you like to do woodwork? Do you like to disciple kids? Do you like to garden? Do you like to cook? 
play instruments, teach? Do you like to write? Do you like to make schedules? Do you like to build out spreadsheets? I remember someone saying, you know, my, people always want my wife's gift of making calligraphy. Nobody ever wants my gift of making spreadsheets. And I said, the Lord brought you here. I need your spreadsheets. You know? um, so you get the idea that, you know, we all have a, a place in the body of Christ. There are things that you enjoy and you find easy that other people have to work really hard at. And, and so this is an invitation for you to ask, how might God bringing how might God be bringing me here to build up this church, Corpus Christi Anglican Church, to become the body of Christ? <clears throat> and so I want to include the kids here as well. Those of you who are kids who are here, it's not as though you reach a certain age and then all of a sudden you're useful, right? Uh, you have gifts. I don't know if you know that yet. You're, you're young and you'll be discovering them. You have gifts for this church. Um, I was thinking back to... Uh, Kena and some of the and Claire and some of the other kids on Easter Vigil bringing up the flowers and the ways that they made those flowers so beautiful and they brought them to the altar. Kids have something to teach us as well and contribute as members of the body of Christ because they've received the same Holy Spirit that we have in baptism, and so your gifts matter. Using your gifts to build up the church together isn't just an act of doing stuff. It is becoming something. We are becoming the church together, growing in the love of Jesus. And so as we consider Romans 12 and creating a healthy church that extends beyond ourselves, I want to encourage us with not being conformed to the pattern of this world, but entering into the long road of daily transformation towards the mind of Christ. Hear his scriptures daily. Invite him into those mundane spaces daily. Discover your gifts and then find God's pleasure in those gifts. Approach the church with a posture of confidence and grace as you seek to become more like Christ and make her more like Christ, even as she does that for you. And so look for the grace of God in other people as you get to know them through conversations and then fan that grace into flame. So the work of God's kingdom involves us becoming the church together, a church that's being transformed into the image of Christ together, an intergenerational, multicultural, multi-ethnic body, even multilinguistic, that is bringing other people into transformation in Christ, walking together as pilgrims from birth to death on our journey home. Let me pray for us. O oh God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth, and you have sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your Spirit upon all flesh, and hasten the coming of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.